Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I've lived with type 1 diabetes for almost four decades and enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. Today's guest, Ermo Egberts, has changed his life dramatically by taking radical ownership of his health. His posts are real and raw, and the very reason I brought him on the show, Real Life Diabetes. But before we dive in, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just click the donate link in the show notes. Number two, my affiliate and resources page feature reputable brands and services that make life with diabetes a more pleasant one. You can find all the deals at diabetesdailygrind.com. And finally, stay engaged. Love, like, share, and comment on all things social media. Sign up for the e-newsletter. Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. It doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. Irma, welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. Where are you calling in from? I am currently in Portugal. Portugal? Eddie, like, yeah. Okay, and if I look at your Facebook page, you are like a very well-traveled man. So you're from where originally? So I am from the Netherlands. My mom is German, but I've been traveling for about 10 years now. How do you afford that? That's got to be crazy expensive. Just kidding. I'm sure you're doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I don't have anything to complain, but I have my struggles too. I need to be honest about that. Well, okay. And so why did you, why are you currently in Portugal? So long story short, as I said, I started traveling 10 years ago completely because of different reasons. Uh, I was kind of escaping from things where now I realize I want to root and Portugal is quite close to the Netherlands. And I love this country so much. First of all, the landscape, the people, but the biggest reason why is surfing. I love surfing yeah it's my jam it's my meditation it's my my physical vitality it's, it's everything so that's the main reason well that's a good reason to be there and i'm sure the scenery is incredible so i ask all my guests because everybody were diagnosed with the same disease that our diagnosis stories and our treatment can be very different so let's talk about your diagnosis and then how you manage your diabetes sure yeah so i got diagnosed when i was 12. i mean it started when i we went on a school trip for about a week to Belgium, uh, Brussels. Yeah. And, uh, over there, obviously, you walk a lot through the city. It was quite hot, and on a certain moment, I just, I just felt like I couldn't come up. I could, I didn't have the speed anymore as the group. Sorry, I'm Dutch, by the way, so I might mumble a little bit over here and there. But right. so I couldn't come up anymore with the group. Uh, but obviously, as a young child, you don't think like, oh, I must have diabetes. I <laughs> It's like, okay, you just deal with it. But then at the end of the school trip, I just really, I, I woke up at night three, four times to go to the toilet. I was drinking, I think about six liters of water. And I just, you know, now thinking back, I just, I was sick. I felt, I felt really sick. And then on returning home from Belgium, I visited my mom and she had a look at me and she was like, what is going on? Like, mm -hmm. we have to go to the doctor. Like something is up. I don't right. know what something is up. And so we went to, to the doctor and as it goes, he checked my blood sugar. And I think it was, I mean, in the Netherlands it's 32, right? So that it, I don't know exactly the calculation, but it's in the 500s, I believe. Yeah. 
it was super high. And he said, well, pack your stuff and it's time to go to the hospital as soon as possible. And they also told me like, if I would have waited like two days longer, there would be chances that I wouldn't be here anymore because it was yeah. completely dried out. Right. So my first feeling with this, and I remember this very vividly, it was just that I was this massive fear that came upon me. It was just like, Whoa, you know, how is this possible? What do I need to do? All these questions came up. And then obviously you, you learn, you know, to inject yourself and the bits and pieces. And yeah, I, do, I learned... you have a, do you have a family history of diabetes? No. So you're the first. I'm the first. I'm the first. Yeah. yeah and yeah. did you know anyone? Okay. So when you're diagnosed at age 12, because I was age eight, I, yeah, eight, like did, I didn't know anybody. I never yeah. heard the word diabetes, whatever. So did you know anybody? Nobody. 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 Okay. So, okay. Keep going. So. One interesting thing what happened though, and this always for me is also, and that's maybe also where these days with my business, I work a lot of mental health is that, so my parents got divorced and the boyfriend of my mother has a daughter and she got exactly diagnosed a half a year later. Uh, from their divorce, right? And me too, a year later from the divorce, I also got diagnosed with diabetes. So this is a clear indicator for me that stress definitely has an impact. That is a big, and they're just now really scientifically realizing that that is a factor. And anyhow, that's a whole other podcast. So you're, and I'm asking this, especially because you're in another country, what medications and devices did you start with? I think it's the same. I mean, I I started, was it Novrapid? Actually, I never really changed that much because it works for me, but Novrapid and, and Lantus uh, pens, uh, and obviously there were just some older machines, right? Like yeah. I don't even know what it was, but it was just finger breaking. Right now, obviously, it's a bit different. We have the Freestyle Libre here. Uh, the Dexcom is not too much. In, it's, it's not happening yet too much in Portugal or in Europe in general, mm-hmm. uh, but the Freestyle Libre. And I mean, in the Netherlands, we are well organized with the electronics and the diabetes supplies uh, so there's nothing to complain but uh, yeah that's where i started off with these days still on the pens and the free cell labor okay and so that's another question like do, uh, do you have to pay out of pocket for your medications or is it the government takes care of it yeah so in the netherlands yes you need to obviously pay for your health insurance but then you get you're fully covered here in portugal is a little different you have like an it's a global health insurance and you you pay like i don't even know exactly what it is but i think like 80 percent the government pays or maybe 85 i don't know the specific number yeah. but you just pay a very small percentage so it's That's good right. comparing to what I know the U.S. So a lot of clients here like, oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's a constant conversation and um, one that I hope in my lifetime we will no longer have to have, but yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. No. So one of the reasons why I really wanted to interview you is uh, on Facebook, I think it was, I came across a post that you had just written about a dance party. And to the listeners, that's like, what the hell? You know, why would you? But I think it's the reason for and how you talked about the process and yourself and what got you to that point and how diabetes was a big part of that. So can you share a little bit about that dance party and what that post was about? Yeah, sure. So it kind of starts also when I started traveling. You know, I, I always put things under the rock, right? I wanted to just don't think about it. And the same as with diabetes, it's just like, you know, if I don't deal with it, it should be fine, but obviously you don't think about the consequences in the future. And for many years, I've been living this kind of lifestyle. My father also passed away. That was also a reason why the traveling happened. Uh, and I started partying. And I was drinking a lot. I took a lot of drugs. Just a very unhealthy lifestyle as a diabetic. And it's been going on for many years that way until I realized one day, well, Armo, if you keep going this way, you will 
suffer from it yeah on a later stage in life and so after going through this these cycles uh, slowly i started to understand with the help of other people uh, and you know like retreats and you know medicine what i took holistic medicine yeah uh, i came to the realization that i am perfectly imperfect i like to i love this slow right like uh, but you need to first completely self-accept yourself and with this is also your diabetes part if you can't accept this then forget it because you always try to cover it up with a bandage for me this bandage was drugs alcohol and just being yeah not confident about myself and this aesthetic dance party so now after many years of going through this and breaking the cycle one piece at a time this aesthetic dancing is you go to a party where nobody takes any substances so there's no alcohol no drugs the only thing what you're going to do there is you dance on, on the dance floor there's you don't even talk with each other but also what is very beautiful over there you connect through yeah how do you say it, without words yeah. So you can touch each other somehow and they're strangers and maybe you can hug each other, but there are no words involved. And what happens over here is just that like it helps you to get out of your comfort zone and to really show up as your authentic self. And I think this happens, this is often what happens with us diabetics. There's a lot of shame involved, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so when I look back, the first time when I need to inject myself in front of friends, I was like, oh, I'm so, I don't want to do this, you know? And so when you yeah. keep doing this for year after year, year you you, you literally have this system running constant. So by these kind of events, I learned to break it. And for me, this aesthetic dance party, and I mean, you read it probably also in a post, it was such a healing journey. And it brought me to tears because there was just so much love for everybody, no matter what your background is, no matter what illnesses you have or how big or skinny you are. Uh, and yeah, it was just a super healing experience. So I can right. recommend everybody. Well, and I want to say one of the things with that post too, is you talked about, you know, not caring for your body at a certain age and your weight and all those things. And I think that any, most people struggle with that, but I will say too, with diabetes, I know that it's a whole other level of, because your, your body is working things differently. And I will say that I have to show you this and listeners, you can't see this, but so I have, I had a piece of artwork made that says perfectly imperfect. <laughs> so that was another thing that really resonated with me whenever I saw your stuff is that you're, you, you're doing the work. Yeah. and your authentic self and learning to love your body and the skin that you're in is if somebody would have given me and that's no shoulda coulda woulda if i would have come to that realization a long time ago i think about how much healthier i would have been in those years when we're struggling with body image and things like that so constant work in progress and i'm glad that you talk about it because no offense to the male community but you don't really see a lot of men talking about body insecurities and things like that especially so thank you for being honest about all that and so one of the things too with the dance party I, I just immediately start thinking because no phones no drugs no alcohol what and you're dancing how many hours were you dancing well this dance party was so it was not only aesthetic dance party you could almost say like it's kind of white tantra as they call this but what you do over there is you connect with a stranger right so imagine you and me we would yeah. meet each for the first time and they say okay now sit in front of each other and stare in each other's eyes and hmm. see what you appreciate and see what comes up, see what feelings come up. Now, this is very strange, you know, for a lot of people to do this with a stranger. You're like, why would I do this? Right. <laughs> right. Now, oh, this is scary. But when you break through this and also whatever, you hug a person really and you give this love, you realize that, and I come back to your question, but you realize that, you know, love is unconditional, but it also not when you give it, 
that your tank doesn't go empty, that you can yeah. always. And on this aesthetic dance part, it was, yes, it was the dancing part, but there were also all these activities on how you can connect with a stranger, right? So that happened first. And then in, the whole party was about 12 hours, right? It sounded really long without yeah. drug, alcohol, no phone, but it, it flew by. It was super fast because there was just this deep connection with each other. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, what did you take? Different. Did you have juice or anything with you? Because I'm thinking of like all the physical activity with what you're talking about. You know, did you go low? I think I went once. I went a bit lower. I think once. Yeah. So what I always, how I always treat my lows, and I also recommend it to everybody is just with fruit. Uh, yeah. So I eat apples or bananas. So I think I had an apple over there and just a lot of water because it was hot. It was definitely like, uh, I think up in the 30 degrees. So yeah, I had one low where I was just eating an apple and then that was perfectly fine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think of physical activity and to that extent and, and something that you've also shared is at one point in your life, there was a fear of hypo, hypoglycemia, so low blood sugar. And sometimes you kept your blood sugar higher than normal. And I think that a lot of us go, especially into, if I'm going into a meeting, sometimes I'll keep my blood sugar a little high because I don't want it to fall out while I'm, or drop out whenever I'm trying to have a conversation. Hence why I'm checking my blood sugar right now, considering I'm stumbling through this. Did you do the same then? <laughs> oh, it's 111. So I'm not, that's not terrible. Yeah. Arrow is still down, but I just uh, drank a little orange juice. So we'll see. I'm 35. So we're good. <laughs> So, and then you also wrote about the fact, and if you want to speak to this, you kept it a little high, but then you realized, okay, so I'm not going to worry about the lows, but keeping my blood sugar high is, could cause complications. So what was like the flip of the switch in that mentality? Because I think a lot of people don't get that, that what we do today is going to really determine how we live in the future. I mean, whatever. So yeah, can you speak to that? Yeah. So the reason of being, uh, and I think this, and obviously I'm speaking for myself, but also I do think a lot of people feel the same is there's actually one reason. And that's just because we're not fully controlled. Yeah. Right? We, we don't really yet understand maybe how our diabetes is playing up or how our blood sugars, where they are going. But when you start to really uh, unpack this, and for me, I, I call this a blueprint. So you have a blueprint in place. Mm-hmm. You become confident in this, right? And I was exactly the same. I remember, you know, back in the days, I even had a video production company uh, where I needed to run with my camera around, you know, and I would just constantly be high, like drinking the juice because I was so afraid, you know, that I wouldn't perform well. But now I realize that, well, you know, if you understand it, you have this blueprint place, you know exactly what you need to eat, how much insulin you need to take, and also when your blood sugars will maybe go lower throughout the day, right? And I call this... I don't want to bash on the healthcare uh, industry, but, I'm gonna okay. you, but you know, but you know, like this is the blueprint. I think what we, what we should have uh, when we get diagnosed, right. And oh, it's yeah. uh, a little bit missing, I think, because yes. Okay. We understand now that confidence in ratio, but what about our mental health? What about like hormones? As she also said, what about all these little yeah. things who are essential for us diabetics? So yeah, I was afraid in the ba- in the past for hypoglycemia, but I took control over it by creating this blueprint. What really helped me out uh, to become a courageous diabetic. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, that's well said. And I will say one of the I, I asked now every guest two questions. So this really led into it. So when you were diagnosed, obviously you got education on how to live your new life. How long were you in the hospital? Two weeks, I think. Yes, yes. I was in for two weeks, which now you get diagnosed with type one in the States and you are given a backpack crash course and they usually leave the same day. I know it's like, like I can barely speak to that because it's like so overwhelming. I can't imagine being a parent at that time, but 
the question that I have for you is, do you feel like you receive currently proper education? And is that from the medical community coming to you? Are you reaching out and doing your own research to then best manage your diabetes? No, I don't get it. <laughs> no, I'm straight up with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is also the whole reason why I'm doing what I'm doing these days. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so many people also where I talk with and who feel the same, right? Like, you know, honestly, like a lot of doctors and endocrinologists get like in their whole studies, eight hours of nutrition. Yeah. It's one day of nutrition. <laughs> right. And nutrition makes up to 80% of our results of diabetics. Yeah. It's so, so important to understand, right? So only this fact already tells me enough that, okay, you know, maybe you, you help me here and there, but I don't fully trust what you're telling me because I don't see the results also where I'm after. Right. So, well, and then too, like we said in the very beginning of this, we're all diagnosed with the same disease, but your management is going to be vastly different from mine. Yes. And, but we're still given the same instructions. So I've learned more from my diabetes community and the people I've interviewed, honestly, about, oh my gosh, I never thought that I could manage it that way. So I love what you're doing and we'll talk about your coaching, but and the blueprint. But as a patient, we need to take the reins and take figure out, take the reins, like lead this journey work with yeah. our medical team, but it's up to us to learn about all the devices, what's available in your country, what's affordable. I mean, anyway, so <laughs> and a lot of people don't feel that way. They go to the doctor, they, okay, they told me to do this and that's exactly how I'm going to do it. And then when it, it fails or their blood sugar runs high or too low, they don't adjust it themselves. They are, they don't work through that process. That's either here or there. That was a rant, but let's talk about what you do and how I love the word blueprint. Because all of our blueprints blueprints are different. Let's talk about your mentality there and how you coach people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, there's there's various programs that run, but um, mainly where we focus on with the diabetic. There's two things where we focus on. The one is uh, taking radical ownership of your health and the reason yeah. being because of that, right? Because right, we just don't get the education what we need, and we work through a method called the VFS. That's the vision, the fuel, and sculpting. So hmm. mindset nutrition and also the exercise right and in between is where we mainly focus on is insulin sensitivity having a time and range at least at 90 percent right we want to really start aiming for that because an a1c as we know is just not a good indicator but most importantly of all is that the radical acceptance right to again take the courage to really start owning your diabetes and, and, and taking control, right? Because it, it ain't easy. And then next to that, there's also the other program where we also help diabetics to create their own businesses online, right? So there's two things uh, where we help with, but mainly, yeah, it's the health thing. And a blueprint is just so important because, you know, like, as you said, everybody is so different, right? It doesn't mean that when you have a blueprint in place, like you, you do exactly the same what I have been doing, right? But what I do know is that we all kind of face similar struggles, whether it's your hormones, whether, whether it's your insulin resistance, mm -hmm. whether it's maybe being overweight uh, or feeling burned out or stressed out, right? Often it, it falls under these umbrellas. And with this blueprint, we just tackle all of them, right? And the results are unbelievable i mean people who went through it like they became 70 percent more insulin sensitive they stopped their people pleasing behavior uh, one lady she lost 39 pounds in three months time like crazy results you know but most important is that they feel this sense of freedom because often i think we feel with diabetes also that we're somehow how do you say checkled down Chuckled? yeah Chuckled? yeah that's the word right shackled shackled down shackled? yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and that is the whole reason what I, what I all want to do also with the diabetics and what works is that we have the sense of freedom again because it is possible. It is possible to have diabetes and, and feel free at the same time. But yeah, there is maybe some work what needs to be done with this blueprint. And that's where it's going. Well, and I think it's too, like going back to what you were saying earlier with the blueprint and loving the skin, you know, your body and things like that. It's about taking ownership. I mean, you only have one body on this planet and uh, you got to take care of it. And sometimes those days are more challenging than others. The second question that I've asked every single guest, and this is interesting because you're in another country, but do you feel like you have, do you have access to fresh fruits and vegetables within walking distance? That's an interesting question. I wonder where this one is coming from. But okay, this is very funny that you actually ask this right now. Yes, I have. Although I do need to say I am, I love walking. I love running. I love to be right. right. So even if it would be probably like, you know, like 2K away, I would still go. And we're Dutch. We love to drive the bicycle too, right? So yes, I have that. But funny enough, exactly today, we ordered, it, it's from a company and most probably you have it also in the US or Canada or Australia, where you, where, wherever you're watching it from. They have fruit and veggie boxes, what they yeah. deliver to your doormat. And they are actually, I don't know how you say this, but they don't use them anymore in the supermarket because they're, it's, they're, they're not perfect. They're not exactly. pretty. Yeah, they're not yeah. perfect. But actually, they're perfectly imperfect, right? Because, <laughs> because they're, the fruit shouldn't be perfect. They need to right. look ugly. And so today that box arrived and it's awesome. And obviously, I need to get a little bit physical exercise in because I'm not market <laughs> anymore. Uh, but so to answer your question, yes, there is enough around us over here, but there's also that option of home delivery. Well, and here's the reason why I asked that question, because here in the States, we have looked at what states have food deserts, which means that you the only option for you to purchase food may be a gas station. You know, that's the only thing because you may not have a car or you don't want to take the bus. 15 miles to the grocery store and have to haul all of your groceries home. So, you know, we're just looking at that and food disparities. And in my past episode, we were talking just about the farmer's market now takes, oh, it's called SNAP benefits, which is food stamps. And so if you're low income, how do you still get fresh fruits and vegetables? So just making sure that diabetes or not, that you have access to things that are going to keep you healthy and learning how to use them too. That's a, that's a whole other, mm-hmm. you know, you said that you treat your lows with, fruit. I do the same. I prefer fruit over a candy bar in a heartbeat, you know, like, so how you uh, manage all those things. Okay. So one thing that I want to go back to as well, you said you love surfing. That is got to take a shit ton of energy. And so <laughs> when you go into surf for an hour, I don't know how this goes down. Do you, what do you try to keep your blood sugar at? And you don't have your phone on you. How are you even keeping an eye on that? Like, okay. Yeah. So talk me through the surfing. <laughs> So, and it's, it's also interesting because I, I met a few people who are like asking kind of similar questions who are diabetics and they have the idea of like, oh, I would love to try serving, but I'm just really afraid, right? What makes sense? Yeah. Because I don't have a phone. Uh, the only thing what I have is my own intuition yeah. <laughs> in my body, like what is going on, right? Now, it comes down a little bit the same to be confident, right? Because I do believe the technology and stuff is all great. But we forget sometimes to really listen to our body because if yeah. we truly listen, we often know what's going on. Right. Serving can up to take two hours for me. That's how addicted I am to it. So I'm two <laughs> it's hours. a good addiction to have. Good addiction. Yeah. So I'm for two hours in that water, I'm duck diving, paddling, I'm going wild. And the funny thing is that in a wet, I don't know if you ever served before. No. 
no, to dry. But so in a wetsuit, um, here in Portugal, the water is very cold, so we need to wear a wetsuit. But you have a zipper. Yeah. So what I put in there is just, you know, some something what treats my low blood sugar. Interesting. Right? Two, day, two days ago, I was also in the water, and there's all people around me. It's funny, actually. Uh, and I, I feel on a certain moment, I'm just sitting on my board, right? And there were quite some waves coming in, so it was, it was intense. And I feel that I'm just going a bit lower. Uh, so what I do, I just unzip this and I take my, I think it was a muesli bar or something what I had over there. Yeah. I couldn't bring some fruit, obviously. And I'm eating this muesli bar and you just see the people <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> what is this man doing? Because nobody does it. Right. right? People really ask the question, what I need to explain it. So yeah, the serving, it can be very scary at the beginning as a diabetic. Yeah. Uh, so how I would recommend it, if you ever think about serving, and you can also always send me a DM. Or yeah. I don't know if you're going to put anything in there, but it's to start very small, right? So you first learn on a soft top, maybe do some duck diving. You go for 10 minutes, you go back on the beach, you check your brush, right? <laughs> if you get better control and you learn to use your intuition, you become confident. There is no problem at all. I didn't have any problems, never, ever. Even when the waves were... I don't even know what it is in feet, but up to two meters high. So just bring a little snack with you, right? And 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 trust your intuition and enjoy the ride. Well, and I think with it too, with surfing, like I would think about going into it, you're you're obviously burning a lot of calories. There's a lot of energy being put out, but then the adrenaline, which would normally spike your blood sugar. So maybe yeah. it's kind of like a little bit of an even out. I, I mean, yeah. I would be stressed out the whole time I'm out there in a good way, probably, but. Well, that's great. And I got to say, I was in Maui a few years ago. I think it was six years ago. And I was there with um, the person who helped me start the Diabetes Daily Grind and the podcast, Ryan Fightmaster. And yeah, he was totally into surfing. That was his, I'm going to say first time. So he had been surfing for like a month and I videotaped him. He would, you know, I think at that point he had on a Medtronic pump, but he would unhook and go out there. And then we would see what his blood sugar did when he came back. And it was fascinating. Just anywho. Yeah. It was perfect, right? Or was oh it- yeah, it was great. He yeah. he totally rocked it. That's it, and that's so. also I think with pumps, if you you know like there's no insulin, obviously you have a bit of insulin on board, but it should balance it out quite quite good. Me at the end of the serving session, I know often that I get low, so it's very funny. Often at the end, I just need to eat a banana or an apple, and I'm yeah. Fine. Well, that's great. Well, hey, listen, thank you so much for taking time to chat. I think that you're putting out a lot of really, and I love. I mean, diabetes is oh highs and lows. We'll just leave it at that but seeing positive messages, especially about body image and things like that, and your coaching and then the people that you're working with. Cause I, I read some of the, uh, the clients, I'm going to say for lack of a better term and the success that they've had. And for somebody who's maybe struggling with something, when you read something like that, it's like, oh man, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. So it's like a positive domino effect is what I'd like to believe. And so I want to thank you for all that you're doing and people can get a hold of you. I'll have all this information in the show notes. But what's the best way to contact you if they wanted to ask you any questions? Yeah, so you can add me on Facebook or Instagram. So Facebook is just Aramo Eckberts, my name. Instagram is Aramo underscore Eckberts. And also what you could do is join my community, right? So there's also 1,600 members, diabetics. Uh, it's a Facebook group yeah. and the diabetes consulting community. So that's the best way to contact me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Amber. It's always nice to find another T1D soul who knows and understands the term perfectly imperfect. Ermo is living his best life and it's kind of inspired me to get out of my comfort zone. I don't foresee surfing in the immediate future, but you never know. Before I wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, don't forget to visit my resources and affiliate page for killer discounts. 
If you'd like to join this list of reputable brands, just hit us up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com for details. Number two, I know you're listening and thank you. So be kind and throw a little change my way. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast and advocacy efforts afloat. All you have to do is click on the donate link in the show notes. And finally, I'm here for my diet peeps and the medical community. So feel free to contact me on any social media platform or directly at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. Your continued support and love help keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Yes, I'm-